John chapter 15, verses 2 through 7. A very uh, famous passage of Scripture, one that we've all heard many times before. And I'm going to just share with you what the Lord gave to me. And I pray that it is a blessing to you today. John 15, verse 2. When you get there, say amen. John 15, verse 2 says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If, this is the verse I want to focus on, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye will ask, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now this title may not make a whole lot of sense, but bear with me as I try and deliver unto you what the Lord has given unto me. But this message is simply entitled, Connected But Not Accepted. Connected But Not Accepted. I really want to pray uh, that and allow the Holy Spirit to have His way. I really do. I always want that in every service. But particularly today, that I want God to have His way. I want there to be nothing obstructing or blocking His ability to function in this message and so we're just going to go to him in prayer and just enlist his aid to get our hearts and our minds ready to receive of his word. Father, we just thank you right now. We thank you that you are God and that there is truly no one like you. There's not a God like thee nor beside you, O oh God, that you alone are the Savior and you are the Redeemer. And that even, Lord Jesus, that my frailties and my fallacies and shortcomings, you can work through me and cause people to be born again. That even as we sang earlier, that, Lord, you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power which worketh in us. And I pray in the name of Jesus that your power would work in me and through me, God, that souls might be saved, that people might be impacted, and that people might be compelled to have a relationship with you, to forsake and to abandon their transgressions and their sins and their old lifestyle, and to fully embrace, oh God, the fullness of your love and of your kingdom. Lord, have your way in this place. Remove every restriction, remove every obstruction, remove every hindrance, God, that would try to stay or stop your hand. Have your way in this place. It is my earnest desire, God, to please you, O oh God, in preaching your word. Help me to preach with clarity and with power. Let your spirit, I pray, penetrate through the barriers that the enemy has put up to prevent us from being transformed by your word. Have your way in this place. We bless you. We worship you. We honor you. We glorify you. And in Jesus' name, let the church live in God say, Amen. You may be seated. The text that I've just read here today is a very important one. Jesus is at the Last Supper with his disciples, and he's giving them his final instructions before his departure, before he's to be offered up and to be crucified. And one of the things that he gives in this text is something that has really puzzled me, and that he uses the analogy of a vine and a branch, and that he says that in verse 1 of John 15, he says that I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. 
And then he goes on to say in verse 2 that every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, and that it may bring forth more fruit. The question that has always puzzled me is this, that how can there be a branch in Jesus, connected to Jesus, yet be unfruitful and not be productive in its function? That Jesus, who is the source of eternal life, whose resources are inexhaustible, he does not weary or get tired or he does not become exhausted whatsoever. He has every supply, everything that we could possibly need to nourish and to sustain and for us to be successful in whatever endeavor that God has called us to be. How can someone be connected to such an inexhaustible supply but yet be unfruitful and yet unproductive? This is something that has truly puzzled me. How can someone be connected to Jesus, yet be unfruitful? And one of the things that I have noticed here is that throughout the biblical narrative, we find examples of people who are connected to God. They have some sort of connection with God, but they are not, however, accepted by God. Now, when I use the word acceptance... There are two aspects to acceptance I want to delineate here. The first aspect is that acceptance enables reception and retention of a requester's resources by another party. In other words, that acceptance means that whatever I offer to this other party, that they are going to receive it and that they are going to retain it and keep it. It stays with them. That's point number one. Point number two is that acceptance grants a requester access to resources of another party. So what I mean by this, when I talk about acceptance, we're talking about one for the opportunity for whatever it is I am offering or giving to someone to be received and to be retained. And secondly, that also it grants me access to the resources of the party to which I am trying to get connected to. Now I want to really show a verse that explains this first premise of it enables reception or retention of what I'm offering to another party. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, and this is of course a very famous story, the story of Cain and Abel. Looking at verse number 3, Genesis 4 verse 3 says, And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the first things of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If Now notice this. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now notice this. That Cain had a connection with God. He was speaking to God. He had a relationship with God. But just because he had a connection with God did not mean that he was accepted by God. Did not mean that what he had to offer was accepted by God. Now the thing is that, the thing is this, that God received Cain's offering, but did not, the offering did not stick, it was, did not meet the requirements or the standards, so it was not retained and therefore it was not accepted. So Cain again was connected to God in that he had a relationship with him, yet his relationship or connection was not enough to enable him to be accepted by God. 
So that's the first aspect of acceptance. One, that it gives me the opportunity to give, to supply something to another party. But the thing is, it, acceptance means that it's going to be received and it's going to be retained. The second aspect of acceptance is this, that acceptance grants a requester access to the resources of another party. If I am accepted by another party, that means I have also have access. Acceptance also grants me access. For example, let's say that I make an application to a college. If my application is accepted, I am now granted access to the resources of that educational institution. I now re-access to the knowledge, the wisdom, the, the grounds, all the information, and eventually their approval for me to get a degree. When you are accepted, you are granted access. A good biblical example of this aspect is found in Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37, verse number 3. The story of Joseph and his brothers. Now the thing is this. In Genesis 37, verse 3. Now Israel, talking about Jacob. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Now we see here that all 12 of Jacob's children were connected to Jacob. They all had Jacob as a father. They all had a relationship with him. They all had a familiar connection with him. But only Joseph was truly accepted by him. And because Joseph was, because of this, Joseph was granted access to resources that the others were not. Because Joseph had an acceptance by Jacob that the others did not. He had access to resources. I want you to remember, remember that. He had access to resources. Acceptance grants you access to resources. Now to really understand this concept of being connected but not truly being accepted, being having access to resources and also having the ability to transmit something to another party and it be accepted and being retained and being received, I want to look at an example that we're all familiar with. And that is an error that particularly happens whenever we try to connect to the internet. Does anyone in here have a, a smartphone? I'm sure all of you have smartphones. Pretty much everybody has smartphones. How many in here have computers? Everyone has computers. Now, this is very interesting here. So, whenever you go with your, your smartphone, you go to any establishment, if they offer Wi-Fi, you want to get on that because you're not trying to use up all your data, right? Right? You want to be sure that you have this, have a connection to the internet. Now, there's a very bizarre error that can occur whenever you're connecting to the internet via your cell phone or via a computer. And it's, the error is called connected no internet access. You ever seen that before? Bizarre. What do you mean? I'm connected. Why don't I have access? Right? I have a, you look at your phone. You look at your computer. You have all five, bar, all five bars. You have perfect signal reception and transmission. But it says you have no internet access. And then you go to load up a page, a website. Or you go to open Facebook or, or, or TikTok or something like that. Or go to look on YouTube and it just gets, it can't load. It just gets this error. What's up with how can I be connected to something but yet not have access to it? Well, I want to go through some of the reasons as to how this error occurs and extrapolate some spiritual applications to what I am seeing in the body of Christ. The number one reason that why your computer can have connection to the internet but not access is that your computer has what's called an incorrect IP address. An IP address stands for Internet Protocol Address. 
and it is a network management protocol or system used to assign an IP address to any device. So here's the thing. An IP address serves two functions. An IP address identifies what your device is or who you are. It gives you an identity. And it also provides an address, which means a location for which information or data is supposed to be sent. So for in order to have access, you have to have, one, an identity. It needs to recognize who you are or what your device is in the network. And then secondly, it has to have a location with which to send information for you to get access to the Internet. Think of it this way. Look at your, your home address. Your home address has a number which identifies a location, but your home address also is tied to a name, which is your identity. In order for you to receive letters or packages, those two things need to, be, need to be there. You need to have an identity, who am I sending this to, and a location, where am I sending this to. So what happens is this. You get your cell phone. You get your computer. You connect to the Internet. You're getting a perfect signal. But because you don't have an IP address, which means the network is unable to establish what your device is or who you are, and because it doesn't know where your location is, there's no address that's there, it cannot connect you or grant you access. It doesn't know who you are. It can't give the information to you. It does not know who you are. And secondly, it doesn't know where to send the information to. Now, what's interesting is this. Every time you connect to the Internet, even right now, those of you that are watching via YouTube or Facebook or listening to this via our website or our, our app, you are using an IP address to access this information. The way that you get this IP address is through what's called a DHCP. Bear with me with this. A DHCP is a dynamic host configuration protocol. It is a network management protocol or system used to assign IP addresses. So what happens is this. You get your phone. You connect to the Internet. This system, what it does is it gives you an identity. It identifies you, gives you a name, and it finds out where your location is and assigns a location where to send information to your phone or to your computer. And without this, you cannot get access. Even though you are connected to an Internet source, you cannot actually get information. You cannot get data. You cannot load up a website, cannot open an application because it doesn't know who you are and it doesn't know where to send the information to. Now, why this happens is because sometimes we, are connect, we connect to multiple different interfaces or multiple networks. So every time you connect to a network, this DHCP thing is giving you an identity and is giving you a location. But what happens is, let's say you go out, you go to the library or you go to a, a business and you connect to their network and then you come home and then you get this connected but no internet access error. It happens because your phone is still holding on to the old identity and the old location of where you're at. And what happens is this with the people of God. You come to church. You are technically connected to God. You're physically in his house. But you don't have access to his presence or you don't have access to his blessing or his forgiveness. Because one, you're retaining an identity from something else you were connected to. And you're still retaining an address, a location of something that you are connected to. I'm going somewhere with this. You are still connected to something else. You're still retaining the information of what you connect to. Every time you connect to something, that something is giving you an identity and it's giving you an address or a position or a state. And then we come to church and we wonder why I can't feel God's presence. Why is there a distance between me and God? It's because you've got the wrong address. You've got the wrong identity. You are connecting with Netflix and you are connecting with TikTok and you are connecting with the wrong relationship. And the 
things you connect to identify you and position and locate you. And because you have this wrong location, uh, when you try to interact with the interface of God's presence, uh, you have the wrong identity and God cannot send information. Uh, He can't send blessing to you because you've got the wrong address. Be careful what you connect yourself to. Because what you connect yourself to will assign to you an identity. You've been born again. You've been saved. God has delivered you. But you still have a wrong identity and a wrong address. And then you, you, go, you go hang out at the bar. You connect to your bar friends. And you get their identity. And you get their address, their location, uh, and their carnality. And then you come to the house of God. And you come to try to connect to God. And there's no connection. Uh, there's no information. Uh, God is not giving you revelation. Uh, the word does not impact you. You're not learning. You're not growing. You're not producing. Now. Everyone has what's called an ISP. An ISP is an internet service provider. They're the company that provides you the internet. Right? And that, that provider could be Verizon, it could be AT&T, it could be Spectrum, whatever it is. It could be able to, that's what provides you the connection, provides you the service of the internet. Now, for a little analogy here, I'm going to say that the internet, the, the network that the believer interfaces and connects with is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has all the resources that we need, and we need to have access to it. The thing is, if you've been born again, you are connected to God, but you may not always have access. Because even though you're born again, because your mind has not been renewed, have not been updated, refreshed to the new identity and address that you have with God, you will not get the information that you need to survive. So the IP address, which remember is our identity, And secondly, it's our address, our position, or our location. The Bible says regarding our identity, when we get connected to God, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. I have a new identity. Everything I was connected and associated with ought to be cut off and severed and removed out of the way. And now I also have a new address. My address was the burning lake of fire but when I get connected to Jesus Jesus gives me a new address a new location from which I operate from Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5 says this even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus my address is no longer on the earth, my address is no longer in the depths of hell, my address is in the heavenly places because that's where I'm seated at if you want to have a connection, not just a connection but access to be accepted by God, you must affirm and you must assume the identity of being a believer in Jesus Christ and secondly you must make sure that your address is seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus because if you don't you can sit in church for 30 years be on the deacon and the usher board be apostle so and so evangelist so and so missionary so and so give into the offering plate and pay tithes faithfully for years but not have access to the true blessings of the kingdom of God and not be productive in the kingdom of God Without an identity and address, we can't have access to the kingdom of God. The issue happens when we connect with another network. Be careful what you connect with. I really want to emphasize this thing. Be careful what you're interfacing with. 
that you're touching, that you're looking at, that you're connecting with. Because what's happening is an identity and an address is being assigned to you. Here's another reason why you can be connected to the internet yet not have access. The second reason is security software is preventing access. Security software, because there's a lot of viruses that are out there. And there's a lot of hackers out there trying to access your information and try to impersonate you. I just had recently had someone try to hack me. Someone on Facebook, a friend of mine on Facebook started messaging me and started saying, hey, what's your phone number? I can't remember what it is. And I, I started getting them my phone number. And then they started asking, I want to send you a code because I've locked access to my, my account. I'm like, no, wait a minute. This, ain't, this sounds kind of fishy. Why do you need uh, my phone number to get access to your own account? Come to find it was a hacker, right? So you need to have antivirus software, right? You need to have security software to prevent people from accessing you and stealing your identity and getting your information. Your computer and your phone, it has what's called a firewall. It prevents things from penetrating the defenses and accessing your information. But sometimes these firewalls can work against us in internet access. Because the firewall is so strong, now it's not allowing any information to come through from anywhere. And the fact of the matter is, there's some of us that are in this audience, that spiritually we have antivirus software and firewalls in our hearts because we have been hurt before. Somebody betrayed us. Somebody accessed our information, got the most intimate, detailed part of us, and they violated us. They abused us, manipulated us, destroyed us. And so now we've got the firewall all the way cranked up to make sure that nothing can penetrate my heart. Nothing can get through. But when that happens, then God no longer has access to your heart, and you no longer have access to him. You've closed your heart off. You'll say, you've said you'll never love again. You'll never trust again. You'll never believe again, never really be intimate again, never be open again, because I cannot go through the hell and the hurt and the rejection and the pain and the trauma I've gone through through all this other stuff, and so your heart is closed up, and now you don't have access to God. You're in church connected, and you cannot feel God's presence because your heart is hardened. The Bible says in Psalm 95 verse 8, harden not your heart. As in the provocation and as, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, you've put your guard up. You're protecting yourself. I cannot be intimate with God. I cannot expose my heart and my pain and my mistakes and my failures and my disappointments to God because there's viruses out there. There's hackers out there that are trying to destroy me and trying to exploit me and trying to manipulate me. I can't truly be intimate with God. And that's why you're connected, but you're not accepted. You're connected, but you don't have access to what God is trying to say. The Bible says this in Jeremiah 20 verse, 29 verse 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And that's why you can, you can sit in a church service, people speaking in tongues and getting blessed and receiving. And you're in the same service, same presence, but you're not accessing the same blessing. Connected, but not accepted. Another thing, another reason why we could be connected to the internet but not have access is that your DNS service settings are configured wrong or your DNS cache has become corrupted. Now, let me explain what this means. DNS stands for Domain Name System. So basically, it's the phone book of the internet. The thing is, websites 
they don't really have names. They actually have what I just described earlier, IP addresses. They go by numbers. Computers identify each other not by names, but by numbers. However, human beings' brains don't work that way. We don't just remember numbers like that. We use names. So what happens is the DNS, what it does is, is that it, you type in a name, it uses that name to find the IP address and then loads it up on your phone or on your computer. And every time you visit a website, it keeps a memory or a log, what's called a cache, in your phone to remember what those IP addresses were. Now think of it this way. Whenever you want to call somebody, do you type their number in your phone or do you type their name? The name. The name is tied to the address. Watch, remember that. You type the name tied to the address. So the thing is this. If your DNS server has a bad cache, which means it can't remember what the, what the numbers, the names are, and connecting them, or it's configured wrong, you'll put in a name, and it's like, I don't know what that name is or what number that's actually tied to. And what happens is this, is that oftentimes when we get in trouble or we have a need, we use the names of the flesh to try and access the kingdom blessings. You're in a crisis and you need healing. And you're caught, you're using the name of Dr. So-and-so. But Dr. So-and-so can't get you access to this internet service provider. You're going through a financial crisis and you're calling the welfare department. Are you calling cousin so-and-so or auntie so-and-so? Hey, bro, can I get a few bucks, man? I got bills to pay. They're about to cut my lights off. They're about to cut my phone off. Right? You're saying that stuff. That, that's the wrong IP address. You need the right name associated with your right address, which is in heaven. The Bible says that in Proverbs 18, verse uh, 20, or verse 20 says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it, and they are safe. You need to have the right name to get the right access. If you don't have those things together, then you can be connected, but not accepted. Now I want to go back to my main text here. Go back to John 15. John 15, verse 2. I'm going somewhere with this. Jesus speaking says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. Notice this. Notice the word abide means to stay connected. One of the reasons why we're having this issue is because at some point we may get disconnected and try to reconnect, and that's when you get all that IP address issues and all that other stuff. He says abide in me, stay in me, and not only that, allow me to stay in you. Because anytime you connect to the internet, you are transmitting and you are receiving things. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. One of the reasons why we are failing is because we are trying to do things independent of the vine. We are doing things without truly being 
connected and accepted by God. We're trying to do things our own way. And because we don't have that acceptance, that access, things blow up and we are unproductive in our walk with God. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, that I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies holy and acceptable unto God. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. We want to have reasonable service from God. We need to give reasonable service to God. You want to have a good connection, have access to the things of God, the love of God, the goodness of God, that you must be connected to him and you must open up and you must get an IP address, a true identity that is from him and him alone. Verse 6 says this, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So here's the reason. Here's something that's very interesting here. Now let's look at the vine for a minute. How can a vine, a branch, be connected to the vine, but yet be unfruitful? It's not producing any fruit. One of the reasons why is because sometimes it's because it has dead parts that are inside of, its, of, of the branch, parts that have died. And one of the reasons why it dies is because either of infection that's one reason. Two, because lack of sunlight. It's in a position where it's not truly getting a good reception from the sun. And thirdly, due to lack of, of air circulation. But I think the fourth reason is the most interesting. Too much fertilizer. If you put too much fertilizer on a vine, the nutrients prevent it from accessing water and processing water properly. And what's interesting is this. When you put too much fertilizer on a vine, the branches grow very big, and it has very big leaves, but it won't produce any fruit. I'm just going to say this right now. Some of you have got too much crap in your life. <laughs> that you need God to just remove and dig up. You got too much fertilizer. Too much nastiness that you've just been putting on yourself. And because of this, even though your branches are big and long, you all that in the, in the bag of chips. There's nothing productive coming out of you. No fruit that's coming out of you. What do I mean by fruit? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, goodness, peace, long-suffering, meekness, temperance, self-control. And you have people who have long branches who come into church and shout and look good. But there's no fruit that's there. As soon as they leave here, they're cussing and drinking and doing all sorts of stuff because they're not really connected to the vine. We're not really connected or really accessing the vine. I'm almost through with this. Now, here's the thing. The way that we fix this problem of being connected and accepted is that we need to have something that, as I said, gives us an IP address. Something that gives us an identity and that gives us a location that causes this connection to download the information that's from heaven. I would submit unto you that this line, this thing that allows and enables information from heaven to be downloaded into us is called faith. Faith. The thing is this. In order to have access, you have to basically meet certain requirements in anything, right? You work a job, they have certain prerequisites you got to meet before you get access to their company. Before you go to college, you need to have certain prerequisites before you can access their educational institution. 
The one prerequisite that God has for anyone to truly access his service, his kingdom, is faith. Faith causes God to be pleased. Look at this. Hebrews 11.5 says this. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. One of the main reasons why we have a wrong IP address or we're not getting access to what God has is because we are doing things outside of the parameters of faith. We are doing things in the flesh. We are doing things in our own strength. And because of that, there's no true access to God's power and there's no true access to God's blessing. Let me give you an example of this. This, this hit me a couple, uh, about a week or so ago. My son had contracted a fever. And he was sick. He was laying in bed. And I was praying over him. And I wasn't really feeling too great about praying. I didn't have a good, I didn't feel like I was connect, really connecting to the network. And I started thinking that my faith is so weak as far as seeing him get healed. And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, do I heal based upon how well you pray? Is my healing based upon how much you study my word? Is my goodness and my power dependent upon how much you attend church? Is your, because what's happening, here's what's happening, folks. And this, I've done this many times, and I think a lot of you are doing this. We are having faith in our faith. We're trusting in how much we are able to believe God in order for something to, to happen or for a miracle to occur. As opposed to just relying on the goodness of God. How did we get saved? Was it by because of how well we prayed? Was it by how much we studied and how many doctors we had in theology? Or was us fully trusting in the merit and the goodness of God to solve my sin problem? And then I realized I don't need to be fancy or eloquent. I don't have to fast, you know, uh, 10 days a week in order for me to see something happen. I just simply need to believe in God's goodness and not how well I perform. How well I perform. We, we're such a performance-based, work-based church so many times that we approach God and try to access him because, okay, because I've done this. There have been times I've gone to pray for people. I was like, oh, man, I got this because I've been praying this week. I've been fasting. I've been studying in the Word. I've been doing all this stuff. I got this. And then when I haven't been doing that as much, or I've had a rough week, and I go to, and someone asks me for prayer, I'm like, I'm, I don't know about this. I'm sorry I can handle this. Why? Because I'm basing their result on my performance as opposed to basing it upon God's goodness and God's righteousness. And because of that, we block our own access to God because we're putting more of our trust in ourselves than we are in God. When, and here's the other thing I want to say. As far as access, I'm, I'm wrapping this up. Faith is what pleases God. 
But you know, it is impossible to please someone unless you know what their will is. Now, as a, as a father of five children, I know what this is like. And parents, you can also identify with this. Your baby is cranky. They are crying. They are fussing. They are throwing stuff. And then you're trying everything you can to, just to just please just stop that crying. Right? You give them a bottle. Ah! You try changing the diaper. Ah! You, are they hungry? You try feeding them. You try getting them their favorite toy. And you're playing all this guesswork trying to figure out what they want. But if you knew what their will was, what their desire was, you could easily please them. And one of the reasons why we don't have access to God because we do not know God's will. And because we don't know God's will, we can't have, we can't have faith, which then enables God to be pleased. And it enables us to have access to what God has to say. My last verse, and then we're going to stand and close this thing out. First John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. I want to just pause here just for a minute. Notice the example I gave earlier. That a lot of times we pray in confidence because of our works and because of our actions. And a, th- a lot of times we don't pray in confidence. We don't pray, I guess you'd say, trusting God because our heart is condemning ourselves because of maybe some mistake that you've made. Maybe because you didn't pray as much as you should. Maybe because you didn't read your Bible as much as you should. And because that you have this condemnation thing that's going on. And because you have a condemnation issue, you are not fully trusting God. He says, for if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. What the Lord is wanting to say today is that he is tired of the churches being connected to him. He wants them to have access to him. But the only way that you can have access is that you first must deal with the condemnation in your own heart that's blocking you from truly opening up to him. And allowing the revelation and the goodness of heaven to fall into you. There's so many times we come to church, we read the word. How many of y'all done this? You read the word and got nothing out of it. You marked down, I read my Bible today. (laughs) You did your devotional today. You had your 10 minutes of prayer today. But nothing changed. You got no revelation. God didn't really speak to you. You just said, okay, at least I, I prayed today. I did something today. That is connected without access. You come to church. You hear the word, you hear the worship, get nothing out of it. Why? Because your address is somewhere else. Your mind is somewhere else. It's on the bills, it's on the problem. Why? God is tired of that. God wants more than just a connection. He wants access. And the only way you get access is by truly, fully trusting in his goodness and his righteousness and opening up your heart fully to him. Let's stand. Are you tired of being connected with not having access? You've seen God bless others. And you say, I want that. And you're connected with them because you have a relationship with them. And you have a relationship with God. But you don't have acceptance. You're connected, but you're not accepted. What you need to do is to do as I just stated. Is to fully put your trust in Jesus. 
fully identify yourself with him and realize that your address is not on this earth. Your address is in heaven. Fully remove the security antivirus software. You're trying to protect your heart. The Holy Spirit is the best antivirus that you can imagine. It, it, it can sniff out every phony and every fake and every, every trick of the enemy. Allow him to upgrade your antivirus. Open your heart. Allow him to download the information of his love. That's what God wants you to have access to is his love, his goodness. He wants you not only to be connected, to be not just connected to the vine, but he wants you to be accepted, to have access to him. I offer you this opportunity to go beyond just a casual church experience, just a, a haphazard and a lackadaisical uh, experience at church. Another day, I went to Sunday today, and then you go home and nothing has changed. There's been no transformation. No information has been downloaded. Your heart has not been cracked open to expose the things that are in your heart and to give them unto God. You're still carrying the same burdens, the same hurts, the same traumas that you were before. God wants you to be accessible. Will you allow God to update your IP address? To give you a, tr a true identity of being forgiven and to truly assign your address to heaven and not to your past? God can do it. All it takes is faith. All it takes is truly letting go and believing and trusting in God. And you will cause God to be pleased and there will be acceptance. There will be access to God's presence. I want you today not only to be connected, but to be accepted. God bless you.